Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This is our number two of the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe out here in Las Vegas. Michael Lombardi in New Jersey. Fun first hour. We just had Jonathan Von Tobel on in the last segment. Our VSIN senior NBA analyst and host of the Hardwood Handicappers podcast. Make sure you get that wherever you get your podcast. We do have a fun second hour on deck as well. 15 minutes from now, Basketball Hall of Famer, former NBA head coach George Carl will join the show to talk all things NBA Finals. And we'll ask him about some of these coaching hires that we've seen in the NBA. But George Carl coached the Denver Nuggets, coached the beloved Seattle Supersonics back in the day, leading them to the NBA Finals, where unfortunately they ran into the uh, 95-96 Chicago Bulls. But, hey, that's that's neither here nor there. Uh, Thomas Gable, racing sportsbook director of the Borgata, will join us in 30 minutes as well. We always love speaking with TG. But, Michael, Let's start this hour number two yeah. with uh, one of our favorites. It's a new segment on the show, but it's becoming a, a, a fan favorite of us. And we're trying to figure out who's light years ahead or who may be falling <laughs> behind. And to infinity and beyond we go. And we're going to start off. Buzz with, light years. It's yes. a, buzz light years, you know, because this is the time of the offseason in the NFL where everyone's light years ahead. Everyone's picking things up much faster than they did last year. We're all going to make the quantum leap and everything and everything's going to be all gravy come fall. But sometimes that doesn't really work out that way. But the quarterback that I know our Nesson audience is really curious about is one Mac Jones, who's entering into mm-hmm. year three. Now, last year, turbulent season there. We had the offensive coordinator situation being what it was. Mac not necessarily buying in all the way. I think it might be a fair way to put it there, but we'll see what he can do in year three. Do you think that Mac Jones this year can go light years ahead, or is he falling behind, and what does he need to do to ultimately be the quarterback that New England drafted in the first round a few years ago? If I could whisper in Mac Jones's ear, I would remind him that his strength and the reason he was the 16th pick overall in a draft is because his mind must work really well and fast, and he must take what the defense gives him at all times. You know, everybody talks about how a disastrous season he had last year, which is true. His yards per attempt was significantly lower. However, His interception percentage was exactly the same as it was as a rookie. Mac Jones has no margin for error. He's got to be precise, accurate, 
and make really good decisions. And he's got to stop thinking about hitting the three-run homer and just take what the defense gives him. Channel your inner Tom Brady. One of the great things about Brady is Brady never tried to force it. Brady was quick-minded. He understood what the defense was doing, and he understood where the receiver was and what he could do with he threw him the football in the right spot in the right location. That's got to be Mac Jones's game. Mac Jones isn't the guy, if we were playing in the playground, he's going to be the first pick. It's just not going to happen. He's not that athletic. However, his mind can offset that lack of athleticism, and he's got to use it to his advantage, and he's got to take what the defense gives him and not try to live this home run life. Just get to the next play. Get to the next play. And eventually it'll all come through. I think that's the key for Mac Jones. Everybody wants to focus on Billy O'Brien and Matt Patricia. They bo- Both years he had a 2.5% interception percentage. That's got to change. Yeah. Is it just the young quarterback making aggressive plays? Like, what's the mindset behind that? Because you mentioned, hey, just take the layup. If the layup is there, take the layup. You don't have to be the three-point shooter. You don't have to be the home run hitter. If there's a base hit that you can make, just go ahead and do that. Like, is that just a young quarterback just trying to make too much out of nothing? Yeah. It's trying to be a trying to be a hero. It's trying to okay. Yeah. There's a jump ball situation. Let me throw it to him. You know, and and you know we got to make a play down the field. But when you watch really good quarterbacks, they're very patient. They take it. They throw it. They live for another day. They don't hurt their team. And I think that comes with maturity. And I think he's got to find that. And when he gets comfortable in that environment, then he could take off. Look, he's never going to wow anybody with his arm strength. Mm-hmm. What he must do is wow people with his mental cap- capacity, with his decision-making, and his accuracy. Those are the things that got him drafted. He can't lose sight of that. All right, we'll see what Mac Jones can do because I know everyone's pointing to the offensive coordinator there, but maybe also internally with Mac, he's got to get some things sorted out there before he can once again find that form that he had his rookie season versus what he did in year number two. The next quarterback I want to ask you about, though, is Trey Lance. These two guys are going to kind of be hip, uh, tied to the hip of each other, I feel like, for their whole careers, Mac Jones and Trey Lance because of the whole lead-up to that draft back in 2021. Right now, Lance is the quarterback of the 49ers, not the QB1, but he's on the roster. I'm not sure he's going to be on the roster in September. That's a whole other discussion. But based on what we've been hearing, Michael, it sounds like Trey Lance is doing pretty damn well. I want to read you this quote from the general manager, John Lynch, because I thought this was fascinating. He said, quote, we're extremely high on Trey. The great thing for Trey and for Sam Darnold that we brought in is that with Brock off to the sideline, Brock had his first session throwing the other day, and everything's tracking great. But those guys have got the work in the offseason, and they're both relishing that opportunity. Really proud of Trey. Trey came back off a broken and dislocated ankle, and he's out there, has had a really, really quality offseason, so we still remain very high on Trey. Do you think Trey Lance has a chance to be light years ahead in 2023? Well, look, Trey Lance did not play his senior year in college. He played one game. And since he's entered the National Football League, he's played in eight games. He's only started four. So he's got no real experience when the game goes fast. What we do know about OTA days and offseason is it's not as fast as the games. And I think what Trey Lance has to do is really treat this like his rookie season. You know, stay healthy, understand what I can and can't do in this offense. He's had a great opportunity to watch Brock Purdy execute with precision. The Mr. Irrelevant 
you know, comes in and runs this offense better than the guy that they gave up two number ones for. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a humbling thing. Yeah. And you could say, well, he could have done it. No, he couldn't. You know, he started four games last in his career, and he's never looked anywhere close to what Brock Purdy looked like. Decision-making, accuracy. I think for Trey Lance to take a step forward without John Lynch recommending it, it's got to be improve accuracy, improve decision-making, and gain experience. That's going to be critical. I think that gaining experience part's really critical, and maybe it doesn't happen in San Francisco because Brock Purdy's the leader in the clubhouse for that job, and if all things are equal, Brock Purdy's probably going to be the QB1 for the 49ers. I miss a scenario where he probably has to go somewhere else if he wants to get those reps there because I don't see them coming in the Bay Area. Well, that's the problem, right? You know, football for any NFL head coach is a mathematical problem because you only have so many time, so much time and you only have so many reps. And so Trey Lance needs all the reps. He cannot be in a three-way quarterback battle mm -hmm. because he's getting one-third of the reps when he needs all the reps. Remember, this is a kid who did not play much in college. You know, he had an opportunity to go to the University of Minnesota to play another position. He wanted to play quarterback. And so he played quarterback, but then he didn't play his senior year. So he's he's from a smaller school, with which is a running offense, which is now in a passing offense in the NFL. And he's got to find his way, and it's a challenge. And there's a spotlight on him, right, because they gave up so much for him. Yeah. And they've invested so much into him that there's this giant spotlight. The pressure is on him. And so what he has to do is release it. And forget about competing for the starting job is really compete for getting himself better. He's the guy he's competing with, not the starting job. And I think that's got to come through reps. The problem is he doesn't get a lot of reps in that offense. Yeah, it's a tricky situation out there in San Francisco. And maybe all the hype that we're seeing from John Lynch talking about him is to kind of build up some sort of a trade market to be able to get something for Trey Lance there. Kenny Pickett, though, is an interesting one. The Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, it feels like not – a whole lot of people are talking about the Steelers as a whole, but especially Kenny Pickett going from year one to year two. I thought he showed some flashes. There was some decision-making stuff that I wasn't thrilled with, but I thought overall I thought Pickett had a pretty solid rookie season. What do you think Pickett can improve on to get light years ahead of where he was in year one? Well, I think his accuracy and decision-making in clutch times, you watch the Jet game when in the fourth quarter, when he was just starting out, he made some really bad decisions. Mm -hmm. You know, threw the ball in areas he shouldn't have. And that's going to take time, and that's just going to take more comfort within the offense. You know, he's got to be prepared. I mean, he only threw seven touchdown passes, nine interceptions, right? Yeah. So he's got to cut that back. He's got to handle that. So if I'm talking to Kenny Pickett, I'm talking about the same thing I'm talking to Mac Jones. You're not an elite skill player. You don't have a powerful arm. You're just not going to dazzle people with your athleticism. Your mind and your experience from all the starts in college at Pitt have to transcend itself into this offense into the second year. And you've got some really good receivers whether it's George Pick and Johnson, you know, and now you've got Allen Robinson and you've got, you, you know, Nigel Harris in the back. You've got some weapons here. This is not a team devoid of offensive skill. So let them do the work for you. You know, be Brock Purdy-ish. You know, take what they give you, be accurate with the football, and don't play outside your element. You don't have to carry the team. You have to lead the team. That's really important, and I think he's capable of doing that. Look, when they drafted Pickett, the 20th pick overall in the draft, they, were, they knew he's never going to be a top-five player in the league, mm -hmm. but they feel like he can help them win. He can help them win games, 
and he can help them become a better team with three elements because Tomlin is a head coach, offense, defense, and the kicking game. So that's he's got to understand his role. His role isn't to be a hero. His role is to execute the offense. Yeah, it feels like he's sort of flying under the radar. Another quarterback that's flying under the radar is in our nation's capital, Sam Howell. Only started one game as a rookie. It was the Week 18 game against Dallas. I thought he fared pretty well against a pretty good defense there. Now he's in a new offense. Eric Bieniemy is there. How can he become light years ahead? Well, I think he's got to take it slowly, and he's got to get comfortable within the offense, right? So, you know, look, he's got to rely on his college experience more than that one game. That one game was against a team that, you know, didn't matter. He threw an interception. You know, it really wasn't like he was, you know, playing that against a team that was desperate to win. I mm -hmm. think this is about – Take the off, understand the offense, the West Coast. Again, he has some skilled players that are really good. And I think if he can get back to where his North Carolina days were, because one thing about Sam Howell now, you know, he's got a lot of experience in playing the position. He started a lot of games. I think he started like 33 games in college. That He's got to rely on that and basically try to slow the game down for him. I think if they got a running back, it would really help him. If they got Dalvin Cook, I think it would help Sam Howell. Alvin Cook is on the market, so we'll see what happens there. George Carl, Hall of Fame basketball coach, joins us next here on the Lombardi Line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.
Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Michael Lombardi out in New Jersey. Femi Abebefe here in Las Vegas. And joining us now, this is really, really fun for us here, Michael. Our next guest, uh, as someone who grew up in Seattle, very, very familiar with our next guest and what he did for the one Seattle Supersonics back in the 90s. It is the one and only George Carl Basketball Hall of Famer, coach the Denver Nuggets from 2005 to 2013. Coach Carl, we appreciate the time this morning. And I want to start off here with Michael Malone because Eric Spolstra gets a lot of love, and rightfully so, he's one of the best coaches in the NBA. But can you talk about the job that Michael Malone has done over the last handful of years up until this point now where he has his team three wins away from winning the title? I think over the last four or five years, uh, the progress that this team has made, uh, both with personnel and coaching, has been magnificent. Uh, you know, they very easily could have been in the finals two or three years ago if if, uh, if Jamal uh, Jamal didn't go down, Jamal Murray didn't go down. They could have been. This could have been happening a couple years ago. And then they had to go fight through two years. The organization really held together. They didn't panic. They knew what they had in Jokic. And then they found the right pieces this summer with Bruce Brown and uh, Caldwell Pope. And uh, their team right now is loaded. Uh, they're all playing at a high level. The only thing they don't, probably don't have is depth. You know, they probably only have eight or nine championship caliber players. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm really impressed with uh, how they run through the playoffs this year with, I think they're 13 and a three in the playoffs. And uh, I don't see Miami. I, I think Miami is going to have a tough time stopping them. Coach, you talked about this on another pod I listened to, and it was wonderful. You said that, uh, you know, there's no answer that, that that Miami has for Jokic and that Murray was the key. People throw around this adjustment word so often, and you being a former NBA head coach who's won titles and championships, you know that word is loosely thrown around by people that don't understand it. So if you were approaching this series knowing that you can't handle Jokic, what would be your alternative in terms of defending this nugget offense? I would try to go after Murray and to try to control him or at least make him a, a, an average player instead of a special player. Murray has had a very good playoff. I mean, you could argue that Murray has been as much an MVP in this playoffs, especially in the last two rounds as much as Jokic. Uh, but I think one thing with Murray, I think you can pressure him a little bit. I think I, I would probably throw some double teams at him. And what I would try to do is limit limit Murray, because I don't know how you limit Jokic. I mean, Jokic, I've had, I've been, he's been here six years or seven years and a lot of NBA guys call me and they ask me how to cover him. And I don't have that answer yet. And I, I, I don't think the NBA has that answer. Unless you just have a really, really good defensive center. And, and Bam Adebayo is really good, but he's not big enough. He's not big enough to cover a Jokic on a consistent basis. So I would probably... And, and a lot of people have said this, 
but I would probably let Jokic go get 50 and try to handle everybody else. Yeah, that, that could definitely be an alternative there. Just make Jokic a score, and hopefully that helps contain all the other guys. We're speaking with Basketball Hall of Famer George Carl here. You know, Coach Carl, you've been around the game since the 1970s in the NBA. Does Jokic, does he remind you of anybody that you've seen from the past? Because I think that's the thing that a lot of people think about when they watch this. It's like, oh, who does Jokic remind you of? Like, is there anybody that he compares to? How unique of a player is Nikola Jokic? Um, I don't think there's been any player like him, but I think there's, I, I, I can, I, I think he's a combination of, I, I really think he's a combination of Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. I mean, he has a rebounding snack. He can rebound, he gets 20 rebounds on any given night. He has great hands. He has great instincts for the game of basketball. His mind is smarter than, 90% of the players playing the game of basketball. And then he has the ability to score 50 points if he wanted to. I honestly think if he wanted to lead the league in scoring, he could lead the league in scoring. He has almost a little bit of a will. And, you know, remember when Will used to go on one year, he went out and got led the league in scoring, scores over 50 points a game. Two years later, he won to lead the league in assists. He led the league in assists. A couple of years later, he led the league in rebounding. And Jokic has that talent. But the best thing about Jokic is he likes to play the game as a team. Mm. He doesn't want to be a dominant force. He wants to make everybody feel a part of the game. And because of his knack and his instincts for the game of basketball, he has the tremendous ability right now. I don't think there's anybody in the game of basketball that makes his teammates better. I couldn't agree more. Coach, I was shocked. Look, I, I, I live back here in the Philadelphia area, and there was the campaign for Embiid to be the MVP, and certainly he had a great year. But to me, it wasn't close. It was a PR contest. I mean, it was, we just don't want to give this guy the MVP because it'll be three years in a row, when truly he is the MVP of the league. Do you agree? 100%. I thought it was embarrassing what they were trying to do. And, and people think I don't like Embiid. I love Embiid. I think Embiid is the most talented, skilled big guy ever to play the game. But he doesn't have the instincts and the intangibles and the, men, the mentality that Jokic has. And, you know, and I mean, I don't know how you, I mean, I, Jokic plays in slow motion. He takes yes. a game of basketball that is very difficult to play. And he plays it easy. And he's so fundamental. He's not flashy. You know, he's a little bit like Tim Duncan. I mean, when you watch him play, it's, it's enjoyable to coaches because we know what he's doing is very, very difficult. And he makes it look easy, and he does it every night. And a lot of times he does it what, what the game calls for he does. Like if tonight's game calls for him to score, he'll score. If today, tonight's game calls for him to pass it, he'll pass it. But the one stat that stands out, and I know, I know people like to bet on games like stats. This year, I, I don't know how many games he has had 10 assists. 
But the games that he has had 10 assists, they have won 87% of those games. So I don't know. You know. A lot of people say make him a scorer. Don't let him be a passer. But I don't know if you realize it. He, he plays point guard. He brings the ball <laughs> up the court now. A lot of times, you know, they give him the ball for, in the backcourt, not in the front court. So you can't really deny him his, his touches. So then you got to double team it. And when you double team him, then you open up a three-point shot in the offensive board. Uh, so there, um, a, lot of, a lot of teams at the end of the year played small on him and doubled him with a big. And it worked a little bit, but it didn't work enough that I think it's going to but I think it's going to it's going to change the series. If you do that one game, it might work for a little bit, but in in time he'll figure it out. Yeah, it seems like he has yeah, all I, the counters. I agree, Coach. And, and as for Embiid, you know, if Embiid played for you, the first thing you would do is try to get him in elite shape. Isn't that true? Well, you know, the mentality for the game of basketball. You know, you know, I, there are guys that know what it takes to win a championship. Jokic has that. The yes. other guys in basketball right now have to learn that. You know, like yes. Boston. Boston is so talented. But they just don't know. They haven't figured out the mentality. It's not about your body and your skills. It's about your heart and your head. Preach. And That's it, Coach. You got it. You're yeah. right. No, that, that, that's it right there, and we're seeing it with the Denver Nuggets, three wins away. He Preach. is George Carl, Hall of coach. Fame basketball head coach. Coach Carl, we appreciate the time. Be well. Thanks, Coach. Keep right, calling him out, Enjoy. too, Coach. Keep calling him out on Twitter. I love it. <laughs> Thomas Gable joins us next. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abebefe on VSN, the sports betting network. Become a VSN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our VSN.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. Check the top VSN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI and see which VSN expert has the hot hand for VEASAN Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24-7 video access. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Sign up now for only $9.99 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line. Femi Abebefe, Michael Lombardi, hanging out here on a Saturday morning. We just had Hall of Fame basketball head coach George Carlon in the last segment. High praise for yeah. Nikola Jokic. He said a combination of Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. And when you watch him play... I mean, he's he's an all-time great already with what Jokic is doing out there, man. It's it's really impressive stuff. Yeah. A lot of people are too young to remember the great Bill Walton who had foot yeah. problems most of his career, but his ability to pass Bill Walton was incredible. But I thought the point that, that, that Coach Carl made about him playing point, you know, all these guys, the big men back in that day, never brought the ball up the court. They got the ball in the post, and mm -hmm. then they moved it around, and they made great passes, whereas – is Jokic, you know, he is the point guard. He brings that thing up, and it's really remarkable, his innate instincts. And I thought what he was saying at the end of his conversation about 
the mental capacity to understand what it takes to be a champion. Mm-hmm. I think that's really missing. And I think we get caught up in that in terms of discussing, you know, players. But there's very few that have that. And obviously Jokic does because his instincts and his willingness to change his game and improve his body mm-hmm. is what separates him. Yeah, he's built for it. And I know one guy who's a big Jokic fan has been a big Denver fan from the beginning is our next guest here, our buddy Thomas Gable, racing sportsbook director over at the Borgata. TG, hope all is well. You were in early on this Nuggets team. I believe it was before the postseason. You said you like Denver to come out of the West. Is this what you've kind of been manifesting throughout this playoffs here? And I'm sure it's not really surprising to see the Nuggets now three games away from ultimately winning the title. Yeah, I I, I like them based on, uh, well, a couple things. One, I, I thought even as the number one seed, the market was not uh, necessarily valuing them correctly. Um, so I, I thought, you know, in, in terms of being the best team, you know, a lot of Phoenix got a lot of attention. Obviously the Lakers with the way they were playing uh, got a lot of attention, uh, but I just thought Denver was the best team and were, were built to be in this spot. So, uh, you know, you can't choose your opponents, uh, and people can say what they want about Miami at this point, but uh, the Nuggets um, certainly on paper, much better team here. And uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I liked them before the playoffs started uh, to come out of the West and um, you know, they're kind of doing what I thought that they would do at this point. But I did like, I did like Michael that at the end, I caught the last part of that George Carl conversation there, and uh, I like that you had to bring up Femi's buddy and be there to him <laughs> as well. So yeah. I, I always appreciate yeah. that. I, well, I mean, I, I knew where he was going with it. I could just feel from his conversation that, you know, he loves Embiid's talent, but, you know, he, he, he didn't want to be critical. And, and Carl's critical on, on Twitter. I mean, he went after Kendrick Perkins and basically asked Kendrick Perkins, when are you ever right? You know, and so I, I applaud him for that, you know, because, you know, we, we have these people that, that are rarely right and never uncertain on Twitter. So I think that was important. But my, I'll ask you a question, TG, you know, mm-hmm. Everybody's going to be on Denver. What do you think about Miami in the first half? If if Miami's going to win this, they got to start faster. And you know, Spolster has talked about it at length. If you listen to his post game press conference after the week game one, all he talked about was how they didn't start with energy, how they didn't start with the way they needed to start. So you know, this is going to be a huge emphasis. What's the line for the first half? And what do you think about making that bet taking Miami? So it's interesting because uh, you and I and uh, the great Bill Berman had actually talked about uh, the first half for game one. And I said, jump on the Nuggets first half as soon as that line comes out because you're probably going to uh, get some good closing line value. And you you not only got closing line value, but you also would have cashed the bet uh, in hindsight. So, uh, but it's a different story here for game two. Like you said, I think Spolester is much more focused here on the start. Uh, and, and how these guys uh, get it going. Right now, Heat uh, are getting four and a half for the first half uh, in game two. Uh, I think, really, when you when you look at for game two here, go back to game one for a second. Jokic only took three shots in the first half, only three. One in the first quarter. But he had 10 assists in the first half, and, of course, he finished ultimately finished with the triple-double. Um Miami seemed to want to try that zone in game one and force Jokic into more of a passing role. And he was happy and able to handle that very effectively. Um, 
they're going to have to try and adjust defensively against him, see what will work, if anything. Do you allow him to get his buckets and just try to contain everyone else? That's easier said than done, especially when you have the scores that Denver does and the the size. Um, Now, offensively for Miami, I expect Jimmy Butler to take more into his own hands. Uh, He's kind of already hinted at that in his comments after the game. Guys who have stepped up in, in prior series, like Martin, they just didn't have it for game one. And you need offensive production from them uh, and Duncan Robinson until Tyler Hero comes back, which I guess is a possibility for game two. But um, I'd expect the Heat to come out playing at a little bit quicker pace uh, in the first half. And, you know, now that they've they've been in Denver for a couple days here, they, they've gotten a couple-day break. In between, uh, I, I would expect Miami to make a little bit better effort here in the first half. Four and a half, I think, is still a decent number, but not one that I would necessarily opt to take with Miami uh, for the first half. Uh, it, it's more of a stay away for me. I'm not nearly as inclined to take uh, a first half on either uh, bet on either team uh, like I was in game one. Yeah, TG, you bring up Jimmy Butler being a little bit more aggressive. His points prop over at BetMGM is at 25.5, juiced to the over minus 125. And just for the record, Embiid's only my buddy because he won me money in the MVP market. That's it. That, other than that, I don't claim yeah. Joel Embiid. We're speaking with Thomas okay. Gable, racing sportsbook okay. director okay, sure. over Thank, at the board. Thanks for the clarification. <laughs> yeah. you, it's just, if you win me money, I'll like you. But now that he's that's well and done, I don't claim Joel Embiid. Uh, TG, how about the Stanley Cup final? Game one's going on down the street here later on tonight. VGK hosting the Florida Panthers. VGK right now minus 130 on the money line. Florida's plus 110. How have people been betting the series and particular game one that's coming up later tonight? So good two-way action here on uh, game one. Uh, More tickets written on the nights here, but more money is actually coming in on the Panthers. Now I'm sure where you said, Femi, uh, in Vegas, the, the nights are probably going to be a little bit more expensive, probably around $1.40 in a lot of places out in Vegas. But here on the East Coast, you're, you're seeing uh, lines around $1.30. So a little bit cheaper uh, out here. And, you know, I, I get it out there. They're the hometown team. And uh, I'm sure uh, everybody is very excited and charged up uh, for, for game one here at the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, I think when you look at the game here and really Florida has – really comes down to this debate here about rest versus rust. Florida last played on May 24th, but just 10 days ago. Um, now you say, was that enough time to cool down a hot goalie? Cause Roski had a 0.935 save percentage in the playoffs. Florida just has not been letting up many goals. Will the long layoff affect that? We'll see tonight. Uh, I, I think there are certainly factors here that the Knights uh, point towards the Knights. The reason that they are favored, not only in game one, but for the series. Um, defensively, the uh, the Golden Knights, they have the size on there. They've, they've been able to do very well throughout the playoffs, uh, really with the exception, you know, on the Edmonton power play. Uh, but they're going to obviously have to uh, stop uh, Matthew Kachuk there, uh, the Florida Panthers wing, who's been such a huge difference for, for Florida throughout the playoffs. But I think Vegas has the size defensively. Um, and really, tonight, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this Florida Panthers team comes out 
Um, with all this time off, if, do they get off to a slower start? Does Vegas get off to a quick start? Um, first period, uh, the Knights, if you, if you want to lay the juice there with the Knights first period, you're going to, it's a little bit more expensive than, uh, for the full game. So, uh, you expect, uh, the, the Vegas golden Knights to get off to a hot start tonight. Uh, TG, right now, uh, real quick, in about 40 seconds or so, the Memorial Tournament, do you guys have anything on that? I mean, Patrick Canley is a couple back. Rory McIlroy is lurking as well. Yep. About 20 seconds, anything on the Memorial? Yeah, I mean, Cantlay is uh, is now the favorite. Um, but obviously a great tournament. Uh, we can certainly touch more on that tomorrow when we, uh, we have more time. But uh, one of the uh, great tournaments of the uh, regular season for the uh, for the tour. Yeah, it's Jack's tournament. It's always it a good a time out one. there yes, in uh, Muirfield Village. Uh, Rory and John Rom four under. They're lurking as we head into moving day. He is Thomas Gable, race and sports book director over at the Borgata TG. Thanks for the time. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, All right. TG. Thank you, guys. All right, we'll wrap up the show on the other side. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe on VSEN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip. 
and nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back. This is the final segment of the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe, Michael Lombardi here on this Saturday morning. Thank you to all three of our guests that we had on the program throughout this show. Jonathan Von Tobel, host of the Hardwood Handicappers podcast, also our senior NBA analyst here at VEASAN. Also, thank you to Basketball Hall of Famer, former NBA head coach George Carl joined us this hour. And then in the last segment, we had our buddy Thomas Gable on, the race and sportsbook director over at the Borgata. And Michael TG led us to our pro tip for the day here. And you can get these pro tips at vcin.com slash tips. And it's the point that he brought up about Jimmy Butler and what he said in the post game leading up after game number one is, hey, I got to be a little bit more aggressive out there. I got to kind of push the tempo and kind of force the issue a little bit and maybe look to some Jimmy Butler overs on the points props there if you want to play Miami in any way in game number two. Yeah, I I think this is a great pro tip because I think you have to, instead of trying to analyze what you think might happen in game two, try to listen to what the coach says what he thinks needs to happen in game two. So if you go back and watch Spolstra's post-game press conference, he emphasized the first half tremendously in there. He said, I thought we started slow. It had nothing to do with the altitude. It had nothing to do with the rest. It was we just weren't together. We weren't in tune. And so for me, as an executive, have been in the league and listened to a lot of coaches' press conference. That is going to carry over as the emphasis. He even made a point, Femi, that, look, I haven't even looked at the stat sheet. I'm just here. What bothered him was their energy, their togetherness, and their connectivity in the first half. Now, we all know that they have a tough task against a very talented Denver Nuggets team. But the first half, their energy level is going to be at the highest it can be because that's going to be the point of emphasis coming from Spolstra and his staff. Yeah, and it feels like they'll probably have their legs underneath them as well. I don't want to say anything too much about the altitude because that's not like why they lost the game. But I think there's a little bit of an adjustment period having to play there in Denver for a team like Miami who doesn't go out to Denver often being in the Eastern Conference with the Nuggets being in the Western Conference. So I think they'll be a little bit more used to it, the environment as well, Den- Denver being a tough I, I think, team. I think you, you hit a point there, Femi, the adjustment to their size. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of time the reason they only had two free throws in the game was because they got in there and, you know, Butler had a layup and it got blocked by Porter. I think now having played them, you get adjusted to their length and what they're capable of. And knowing that you got to get to the line more than two times is also going to be something that is impactful for this game. And I think it's going to be a point of emphasis for Spolstra. Look, yeah, they're long. Yeah, they are athletic. And, yes, they can block shots. But if we don't get into the pain and create fouls, it's going to be hard for us to win this game strictly on our shooting. Yeah, no, you'll have no chance other than just hoping that you make 50% from your threes, which you, I guess you can do, but that's not really a good f- formula for having sustained success and ultimately winning the title. Uh, while we have six and a half minutes left, though, here on the program, I wanted to transition back to the NFL because we did not get a chance to talk about this to start the show, but I do think it's important. 
and that is this DeAndre Hopkins situation as it sits right now. Over at DraftKings, the favorite team to sign DeAndre Hopkins, the former three-time All-Pro wide receiver, is the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland right now sitting as the even-money favorite after this time last week being 30-1 to to sign DeAndre Hopkins. So those of you who got in on that, I guess you got a good number. Now we'll see where the chips fall. Buffalo 3-1, to Kansas City 4-1. to But recently, Michael... Deshaun Watson, the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, who played with Hopkins back in Houston, talked a lot about how, hey, a reunion would be something that he would welcome in Northeast Ohio. Here's what Watson had to say when he addressed the media on the subject earlier this week. Me and D-Hop, we just naturally talk. We've been talking since, you know, the Houston days, and then also whenever he left for Arizona, we were always talking. So, you know, he's always been a brother of mine since I was coming out of high school. Our connection, our relationship has always been great. Uh, and I know it's a lot of things swirling around in the media of, you know, him possibly coming to Cleveland. And, you know, for me, my answer to that is, of course, we would love to have him. Uh, he knows that. Um, we had a lot of connections, but, you know, it's kind of out of my <laughs> range of things of kind of coordinating things. So all I can do is, you know, make a call and, and see what happens. Let A.B. do the rest. So he endorses the move there. Now we've got to go ahead and let well, A.B., Andrew Barry do the rest. Well, I think to me it really comes down to money, right? So Buffalo, according to the beat writers in Buffalo, have kind of walked away. And partly of that reason is because uh, Hopkins doesn't want to take a pay cut. I mean, he, I said this on my pod, on our pod. I said this on uh, on this show with you about the Beckham contract has been very influential in Hopkins' mindset. You know, here's a guy, he missed four games last year, but has put up really good numbers, whereas Beckham has been in and out. You know, he might have a good game here, but he hasn't been as consistent. And the Ravens paid this huge number for him. And I think a lot of teams walked away from that. The reason they couldn't trade him is because nobody wanted to take on the $19 million. That's A. And B, nobody felt like they could get the contract redone. Now, the Browns have cap room to do it. So, you know, they have about $13 million of cap room. They could do a contract where they, if they paid him a one-year salary and say they gave him a sign-in bonus of $7 million and paid him $7 million in paragraph five and they spread it out over four years, you know, they could make, a, they could make that work. However, that being said, you know, they've got to ask themselves the question, is it worth it to go all in and risk losing two or three players? Because that's what you do. If you know mm-hmm. Hopkins is only a one-year player, then you're going to risk losing players because you're going to defer money into the cap next year that's going to be called dead money, which is where Tampa is right now, which is where the Rams are right now. ton of dead money, which is what Arizona did when they cut Hopkins. They pushed $21 million of dead money into this cap. So that's the question. To me, Kansas City would love to have him if he was going to be reasonable with the number. I think Buffalo was in. They wanted to trade for him. They talked about it. But he's not reasonable with that number. Maybe Cleveland is the only place that will be reasonable with the number. I almost think it has to be Cleveland because they're the team among the teams that have talked about as potential landing spots for DeAndre Hopkins. I feel like they'd have the most urgency given the fact they gave up all those draft picks and all that money for Deshaun Watson. Do you get the sense that Andrew Barry is kind of under the pressure of, hey, we got to win now. Otherwise, we might be asking for somebody else to take your job. Well, I, that that's hard to say, but I mean, look, that you know, Haslam has been, you know, I'm living proof. He, you know, he he pulls the trigger really quick. One year, boom, gone. You know, so the expectations for this team. I mean, look, I think the the motivation behind signing Hopkins is really about 
trying to make Watson more comfortable and a better player. Mm -hmm. I mean, Hopkins for Watson is what Randall Cobb is for Aaron Rodgers. Now, it's a different price value, but it's similar in the sense that they have a commonality. They trust one another. They know how to play off one another. I think that's really where this is coming from, and I think it's really important that that they get Watson to play at this level that was the result of three number one draft picks that they gave up. Yeah, no, it's like everything comes back to Deshaun Watson because like that is a talented roster that they have assembled, and if he's able to play at that Houston level, I think this is a team that's going to definitely be heard from in the AFC North and also just in the AFC as a whole there. Do you put the Browns in that contender category if they do get yeah. DeAndre Hopkins? I have them in that contender category without Hopkins. I mean, they traded for Elijah Moore, right? They've got Donovan Peoples-Jones. They've got Amari Cooper. You know, Anthony Schwartz is this really fast kid from Auburn that they're trying to kind of integrate him in. They've got Jokic as a tight end, which is very good. Right. Joku, excuse yeah, and me. Joku, yeah. They've got, you know, they've got Nick Chubb as the best, one of the best running backs. Their offensive line is very good. This is a good team and they should be a team that can complement with their defense to their offense. Right. They can run the ball, control the clock. They can make big plays in the passing game, assuming Watson plays well. And they can pass rush. They got the great Miles Garrett along with Zadarius Smith, Dalvin Tomlinson. I mean, this should be a team that has the ability to compete. They're more talented than the Pittsburgh Steelers. They weren't connected like the Steelers were. And that's why the Steelers ended up having a, a draft pick that resulted in a higher level than the Browns did, which they traded to Houston. So, you know, I, I, I think they have to. I mean, it's now or never. But yeah. it starts with Watson. The vision to, tr to sign Watson, to give him that historic contract, is about he's got to play at a high level. Yeah, they're one of the more volatile teams, I think, in the NFL. If we get a good Deshaun Watson, they can be really good. But if he plays like he did last year, might have a new head coach in Northeast Ohio. That does it for us here on the Lombardi Line. Thank you to you, Michael Lombardi. Thank you to our producer, Elliot Bowman, and the entire crew behind the glass. We wish you guys all the best of luck. Coming up next, The Handle with Dave Ross and Mike Somich here on VCB Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.